Party on, Todd. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on. Well, welcome to another episode of the Party on John cast, the most excellent episode ever. Uh, for those of you who are new and those who are, who are returning, welcome. And uh, for those who do not know, I'm Sal Smarco. I'm a ordained teaching elder in the Presbytery of Newton uh, here in the town of Newton uh, in the validated ministry of chaplaincy. Awesome. I am uh, Todd Laddick. I am an ordained elder in the Order of Elders in the United Methodist Church. Uh, currently... S- even says so on the wall. It totally says so on the wall. I'll have to take a, uh, a picture of that beauty and uh, post it. But uh, yeah, no, it's... And it... it um, not only that, but it... Uh, well, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that was my growl for Halloween. So I'm an I'm an elder in the Greater New Jersey Conference, serving in the Skylands District in the wonderful town of Newton. On higher ground. On higher ground. That means the only higher ground I give them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, rock on. Rock on. So I guess it's at this time, before we get into anything else, that we will go into our Hebrews segment. How do we know that God loved coffee? How so? It's written in the book of Hebrews. <gasps> ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Okay. So what are we drinking today? Todd? So we're drinking what is uh, called Victor was it Victor Falls or Victor something or other? I think it. Oh, it's Victor Allen. Victor, Victor Allen. Allen. Uh, Victor Allen's uh, coffee. And uh, because we are in the month of Halloween, we picked uh, two seasonal type of coffees. Mine is uh, pumpkin spice. And I have to say, you know, like I wasn't sure what this coffee. I'd never heard of Victor Allen's before. But I was perusing the Christmas tree shop, and in the Christmas tree shop, it's Christmas all year round. Not really. Yeah. It's just a department store with the name Christmas Tree Shop. But uh, They do sell Christmas trees. They do sell Christmas trees. And I was in there, and I was um, I saw this box full of 96K cups of, of seasonal-type um, coffees. And I said, oh, how bad could it be for $24.99? So I got the box, and, uh, and I'm drinking pumpkin spice. I have to say it's quite solid for a... Christmas tree shop special. Very nice. And I'm drinking the uh, the pecan pie coffee from the same same box. Um, it's pecan. You pee in a can. You eat pecans. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I was told that by a, someone in my past. Um, leave it at that. Um, anyway, it, 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 sometimes with these flavored coffees, they they go very strong on the flavoring. Very sweet. Very syrupy. But these are just just a hint of taste and flavor and delicious. Pretty yeah, pretty solid. I, I I'm I'm definitely digging Victor Falls. I would if I saw other like variety type things from them, I would I would definitely get it. Sure. I'm looking for the Christmas variety now. Um, and we have an apple oh, candle. Lit. Yeah, we have an apple pumpkin candle burning right now. Mm-hmm. Scented candle. It smells like fall heaven in here, for sure. So we are, as you can tell, all ready for fall. But before we get there, we're going to our most excellent metal segment. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh... I actually have two two things I've been listening to lately. One is um, a not so metal uh, act, uh, a contemporary Christian artist named Jason Gray. Um, he is more of the pop sort of folky music, uh, but he's got some legit theology behind him. Uh, so he's got a new EP out um, that is pretty good. I'm also listening to uh, an actually, actually a recommendation of Todd. Uh, one of his fi- favorite front men, Ryan Clark, has mm. a side project called Knives, uh, spelled N-Y-V-E-S. Yes. Um, it's sort of, uh, well, it's listed in Apple Apple iTunes as electronic slash dance music. Yeah, which is kind of funny because it's not exactly <laughs> not, dance music. Not exactly dance, but it's it, 
the best way that I described it to Todd is that it's like got a it's very much a nine inch nine inch nails meets Pet Shop Boys vibe yeah. to it. There's especially one song on the on the album, but um, yeah, it definitely has it's definitely like kind of industrial, mm-hmm. uh, which is I think where they get the dance end of it because it's got that you know the yeah yeah. So um um I just wanted to do that once once you know like. Okay, um, so all of you who have your bass turned turned up, you're gonna love this. Okay, I'm gonna stop there before. You guys are gonna hate us. You're gonna hate us, but that's okay because that's what we're here for. Um, so it has that electronic kind of feel to it, but it is definitely not like. You know, oh, shake your body. You know, like kind of like dance music. It's more dark and and um, brooding. brooding and kind of reminds me of uh, I don't know, just like something like goth. You know, something like <clears throat> very goth and and dark. <clears throat> makes you makes you feel like a dark, moody goth teenager all over again. Abs- absolutely, and I really just love um, I love the song Fools. Mm. Really love it. Yeah, I enjoy the the song <clears throat> that really makes me think of Pet Shop Boys's um, "Love My Way." Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. I told Sal when I recommended him, I said, "You've got to listen to this." And I said, "This album, I could just totally sit in the dark by myself and just cry." Yep, that, <clears throat> like I said, it definitely makes you feel like a, a dark, moody emo emo goth <laughs> teenager. Yeah, and it was is an influence that I didn't necessarily know Ryan Clark had and he he and this guy from uh Project 86. I mean, if you said, "Oh, the lead singer from uh uh Demon Hunter and Project 86 were going to get together and do something, I, this is not what I would have imagined." So, really cool. Anyway, back to your your uh well, those are my most excellent rock and those musical. are yep. yep yep. So Jason Jason Gray, um, new EP, um, he's got some good good theology behind him. Uh, this this EP is a lot more poppy uh, and not as substantive substantive as most of his records, but it's still it's catchy. Yeah, and so I've been listening to a lot lately. Talk about throwback to the '90s. I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, the Offspring. <laughs> I forgot how much I love The Offspring. And um, one of the... Can I, can I tell you, Todd, you're pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> pretty fly for a white guy. Uh, thank you. I'll take that. So, yeah, so one of the... Um, one of the... Actually, I think off of that album. Or maybe it wasn't that album. Anyway, one of the songs that I've been listening to a lot lately and just realizing how deep it is... Because Offspring weren't known for... They're incredibly deep music. I mean, not to say that they were sh- completely shallow, but it was punk. It's punk, in essence, kind of heavier punk. And so um, the song "Gone Away," which I never knew, but Dexter, the the lead singer, um, his girlfriend died in a car crash suddenly, and out of that experience comes this song, which I think totally embodies what it means to be in grief. So I wanted to read the lyrics here. It's Maybe in another life I could find you there. Pulled away before your time, I can't deal, it's so unfair. And it feels, and it feels like heaven's so far away. And it feels, yeah, it feels like the world has grown cold now that you've gone away. Leaving flowers on your grave show that I still care. But black roses and Hail Marys can't bring back what's taken from me. I reach to the sky and call out your name. And if I could trade, I would. And it feels like, it feels like heaven's so far away. And it stings, yeah, it stings now. The world is so cold now that you've gone away. Yeah, that's grief. That's grief in a nutshell. Like, like, like if, if somebody could take what they're experiencing and write a song about it, it would be the song. Mm-hmm. Like, the wanting to bargain, to trade, yep. uh, anger, it's unfair, <laughs> denial. <Yep. laughs> um, it's grief in a nutshell. And I was thinking, you know... Uh, what a gem. What a gem off, off, the offspring left us with this song. Uh, very, very uh, touching song. So that's my... Uh, I'm on the touching side today. Touchy. It's a touchy subject. It's a touchy subject. <clears throat> so that is our most excellent metal segment. Most excellent metal segment. segment.
Okay, so now we're going to move on to our favorite Halloween slash horror movies. Horror movies. Being that it's the season of everything evil and scary, as drink as Todd drinks out of his haunted mansion coffee cup. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we wanted to go over movies that were either our favorites or made an impression on us, and um, the one that I can enjoy watch. I enjoy watching it now that I've grown up, Uh, but I will never forget. The day that I was traumatized by John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah. I can remember very vividly being probably four or five years old uh, while we were living in Japan and being in a... Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. (laughs) uh, Being in a department store, because in the department stores they sold TVs and everything you could think of, and... uh, they had playgrounds on the top floor, too. You Ooh. go drop your kids off in the playground and your parents shop. That's pretty rocking. Pretty rocking. Uh, but Japan rocks. It does. <clears throat> but I can remember walking past TVs and thinking, oh, just, let me stop and watch TV. Because we didn't really, we had a small TV. We didn't watch a lot of TV in our house, so I stopped to watch. And it was the scene in The Thing where, you know, they're trying to figure out who's got the alien inside of them. And the guy's... on the table and they're gonna try to you know burn him with the put the heat to his skin to see if the alien comes out and it rips his head off and then his head scurries away because the alien's in his head yeah 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 john carpenter is the master He, he is like like hands down john carpenter just knows how to frighten people yep so i just remember Watching as a guy's head squirms around and then it starts ripping and ripping and ripping. And I watch it now and I'm like, oh, that's so, that's just cheesy 80s, 1982. <laughs> yeah, the CG has come, the, the, the special effects have come a long, long way. way. Yeah. But, you know, to a five-year-old kid, that's, that was frightening. <laughs> but I can watch it now and be like, oh, yeah, what was I so scared of? It's like the scene uh, in the director's cut of The Exorcist where, where Linda Blair's character scurries down the steps like a spider backwards. <laughs> backwards. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> um, movies that actually, to this day, still bothers me and disturbs me is um, the ho- the movie Hostel. Mm. Mm. I remember seeing Eli that? Eli Roth. Eli Roth's mm-hmm. Hostel. Because that's more, that's not just horror. That's more like torture and exploitation. Yeah. Uh, but myself and my two seminary seminary roommates saw that together when it came out in the theaters out in Iowa. And the three of us, three grown men in our 20s, mm-hmm. uh, in the very center seats so of the very center row of the movie theater all by ourselves, the three of us. And, uh, you know, my roommate and I, big football player, high school football player, we had our baseball caps in front of our faces. The whole time. The whole time. Because <laughs> we're like, oh, no, I don't want to see that. That so, that movie is pretty sick. It's pretty disturbing. Pretty, pretty sick. It kind of makes Saw look like, uh, you know, like, like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that'd be pretty horrifying for kids. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood meets Saw. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, but certainly Hostel's brutal. Uh, Eli Roth is known for being brutal. Uh, it's kind of why I liked his version of... Death Wish is it took it took an old story and updated it and and brought in just an element of that. It didn't go over the top, but there were certain scenes you almost had to look away <laughs> as as he does what you're in some ways hoping he'll do because his family's been brutalized. But yeah, it's just like it's like, are you gonna kill me? No, but Jack will. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, so that's Eli Roth. Um, so. I would be amiss if I didn't bring up my favorite horror films before talking about the film I want to actually bring up. My all-time favorite horror film is John Carpenter's Halloween. Like, like hands down, what he did, he took the idea that was in uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and just brought it to a whole new level and said, okay, yeah, you know, you know Marion Crane was kind of you were sympathetic to her because you, you know she she wasn't a perfect character 
but you wouldn't have wished her to get stabbed to death in the shower, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he took that idea. And the and what I loved about it is it, people think of the Halloween series as being one of those gory slasher films. But when you watch the original, it shows very, very little. And he did that because he was a fan of Alfred Hitchcock and Alfred Hitchcock had that style. So it was this movie was an, uh, an homage to, to Alfred Hitchcock. And so he he takes that and says, well, what if the killer, what if the psycho were going after somewhat innocent? Of course, they're not exactly innocent, but somewhat innocent teens. Who, while they may be doing a little wrong here and there, having sex and doing a little like marijuana, they're not they're not like stealing thousands of dollars and running away like Marion Crane was in, in Psycho. So like, you know, what happens when you take the average Americana teenager and you throw a Psycho after them? You know, like it just it just unsettles you. And, and the other brilliant thing about uh, Halloween, and it's the same thing with Alfred Hitchcock's Hitchcock Psycho, you don't know why. Here's this boy who just murders her sister. His sister. There's no explanation. The only explanation you get is from Doctor Sam Loomis, who, by the way, is named after Marion Crane's boyfriend in in Hitchcock's Psycho. Uh, Doctor Sam Loomis. The only explanation you get is he's evil. <laughs> well, yeah, we kind of got that. Got you know, that. thank you. Uh, but you don't know why he's doing it. He has no reason. Now later on in the series, they give this whole reason, but that then makes him more sympathetic. And I, I think what is really frightening about Halloween is this guy is just doing it, just doing it. There's no reason, no rhyme. He's just doing it. Um, and then um, so so there's that film. And, I, you know, I love the the Nightmare on Elm Street films. And uh, I love the fact that we live in, in the area that Friday the 13th was filmed. I mean, Blairstown's right down the road. Yep, Blairstown, um, Columbia Hope, like that whole area, that is Crystal Camp Crystal Lake. Yep, yeah, Stokes Forest. Yep, so it's it's pretty 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 rocking. Um, but the film I want to bring up now that I've uh, opined on that, the film I want to bring up is the film Witch, The Witch. Um, I don't know if you have seen that, mm-hmm. Sal. That's a movie that my wife Allison and I sat down to watch, and we could not finish. Because it was that edgy. It's disturbing. It's very disturbing. Have you ever finished it? Never finished it. Okay. Will it, will you, will it kill you if I nope. spoil? All right. I'm not going to spoil too much because I want the, the listener to see it. But, in fact, I won't spoil it all. What I love about the film is the, the, um, the director, and I have to remember who the director was in the moment. Um, uh, uh, you can hear me typing. So the witch was directed by oh Robert Eggers that's who it was and and this was his first film I mean like to make the the brilliance of this film to make it your first film the idea was to go back to Puritan New England and what if what if the the if you remember Salem witch trials we remember the witch craze that that swept across Europe and swept across New England what if the Puritans were telling the truth and there were witches like that out in the woods. Like what would that, what would that look like? And what Eggers wanted to do is take us from our world today where those things are just fanciful and silly and put us into a world where they're very much real because that's the world the Puritans lived in. They believed that stuff was out in the woods. They believed the devil was literally prowling the earth looking to devour people and to get them to sign his black book. And as silly and crazy as we may think that is, that was their reality. That was the world that they believed existed and that they existed in. And there's a scene in it where, you know, the boy is approaching this this house in the woods and he comes in and, like, he's being lured in by a beautiful woman. But in reality, she's just a haggard old witch. And there's a scene where a witch is, like, literally rubbing, like, something. It doesn't really show you what it is. Again, they don't show you. They let you imagine. And it's the fat of a baby because, of course, if you rub the fat of a baby on a broomstick, it would make it fly. I mean, this is the, this is the lore, right, of, of the witch. This whole film shows you the psychology behind bad theology. Mm-hmm. Amen? Like, mm-hmm. it shows you the psychology behind the bad theology. It shows you the extent that bad theology can not only tear apart... Uh, a person, it can tear apart an entire family and an entire civilization, an entire world. And uh, there's the way it ends is utterly shocking. 
Uh, you will not predict it. You will not predict the ending. And the ending will leave you both disturbed and with a smile on your face. In fact, um, I will say that it ends in a way that was so shocking that who endorses this film is shocking. The Church of Satan endorses this film because it, it seems on the surface to be promoting Satan. I don't think that was Eggers' point. No. Uh, but but what it does is it, it shows it shows the psychology behind bad theology and why it is vital for us to get our theology right. So that's my shtick, The Witch. I will post um, trailers to the films we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend watching The Witch. Uh, Sal, I highly re- recommend you finishing it, Finish it. Just, to see the, just to see the ending. And the funny thing is, when you look back, you're like, there really wasn't all that much that was scary in there. <laughs> when you look back on it, it's like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I saw absolutely nothing. There was absolutely nothing but screaming and running in the woods. <laughs> that shouldn't have scared me, but it was unsettling. And that's the kind of, this is the most unsettling film since Blair Witch, I think. And it really, and it focuses on the unsettlingness of just you don't, don't know what's out in the woods. You don't know what's out in the woods. The, the, it's so minimalist. The music uh, is minimal. It, it just leaves this like haunting silence. It's, it's just the, every aspect of this film. And he did his research. He went back into the old Salem witch trial uh, documents and journals and journals from that time and read the witch's hammer, the um, uh, Malleus Maleficarum, uh, and, and just really understood that time, that community, and then filmed it. And he actually, I think he filmed it in England, but it's still, I forget where he filmed it, but he, it, or it may have been Canada. It was Canada. I think he filmed it, but it looks like New England. It looks like Salem, like that, that kind of area. So it's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. Uh, and all I have to say is Black Phillip. Leaving it there, Black Phillip. Black Phillip. Yeah, Black Phillip was disturbing. <laughs> yeah, Black Phillip. Black Phillip will rock your world. <laughs> So that is where we are on the the horror movie thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess we're gonna go now on to our 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 topic. Our topic. <laughs> Can you guess what it is, kids? It's uh, uh, on Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's that? A uh, Christmas horror movie? Ooh. Uh, Krampus? Krampus? Yeah. <laughs> no. Or, or The Nightmare Before Christmas? Night before. <laughs> no. Our theme today is Halloween. Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a major Krampus. Okay. Um, anyway. Krampusing my style. <laughs> um, again. <laughs> Infantile, uh, <laughs> juvenile uh, mindset here. Yes, our families have a lot of work with us. <laughs> God bless them. Uh, but yeah, we thought we'd talk about Halloween since it is October, it is fall, the leaves are changing, f- mm. uh, fall is here, uh, and Halloween is probably one of the uh, one of those big holidays. I mean, they started selling Halloween candy in the stores in mm. August. Yeah, yeah. Around here, so. Big time, big time. Now they're into Christmas. Cause... Now they're into Christmas because, you know, you can't get through. <laughs> you used to wait till after Thanksgiving to start Christmas sales. Now they start them in October. Absolutely, and Halloween's always been one of my favorite holidays. I am a little bit theatrical, in case you didn't mm-hmm. notice. I think Todd and I are both a little theatrical, and I, I've always enjoyed Halloween and the Renaissance Fair because it's that's a day of the year that you can be yourself, be a freak, yeah, and get freaky, get freaky. <laughs> Maybe not in certain <laughs> senses, but well, I guess some people probably do, but people don't. <laughs> If you show up dressed as some weird character, people don't look at you strange because it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah, you could dress up as anything and people will just be like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, In fact, you're more out if you don't dress up. (laughs) It's like, who are you? Why aren't you in the Halloween spirit? I'm me. But you're always you. Why aren't you? (laughs) Exactly. Why aren't you in the Halloween spirit? And I have to say, I love... I love the trick-or-treating aspect of it. I, I used to love bringing my kids trick-or-treating, but I'm really starting to now, now that my kids are beyond that, um, well, they're not exactly beyond it, but they're beyond it. Well, Katie is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I really love the kids coming to the house and just like, you know, uh, just doing the whole the whole Halloween thing. Just rocks. Trick-or-treat. Trick-or-treat. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. Yay! 
Please don't. They don't. Well, <laughs> I don't think a kid has ever said that to me, but we used to chant that. Absolutely, and um, yeah, it's just it's just a fun, and I love when people. It, it saddens me when certain neighborhoods and stuff don't decorate for Halloween. I love just like Christmas. I love driving around seeing all of the creative decorations. Some of them horrific. Some of them <clears> more. On the lighter, funny side, but they're awesome. I always enjoyed growing up. It's the chance to, you know, oh, we're going to go two neighborhoods away, or, you know, we walked around and we stayed until dark. And, you know, when when they changed, when the the season, the time change got further, I mean, it doesn't change until November now. So, I mean, it's lighter for kids later. And we used to enjoy that because we get to go to neighborhoods that we didn't normally play in and um, see, you know, compare costumes and um, I know a lot of communities now they offer they don't even celebrate Halloween on Halloween they do it the weekend before so yeah. that kids can come to the parking lot and go from trunk to trunk to trunk right which like, which I, I understand is safer but it's kind of like lamer too it's also lamer I mean it's it's fun to do on top of Halloween but I would hate to replace Halloween with that yeah. you know um, I have no problem with trunk or treating because that's more candy <laughs> and we all know more candy is, you know, is more gooder is more gooder. Yeah. Um, so what about this notion uh, that often comes out in the Christian world that Halloween is evil? It's of the devil. It's of the devil. And that I think is a that is one of the disservices of our more evangelical brethren. Not to be confused with the actual denomination, the evangelical brethren. Who are now a part of the United Methodist Church. Church. <laughs> That's right. That's how we became the United Methodist Church. Um, our more conservative uh, evangelical friends uh, have decided that uh, it is not biblical, it's not Christian, it's not uh, safe, it's of Satan. But if you know the history of Halloween, it is actually... Um, there are some pagan influences, depending on what, what history you look at, but it is All Hallows' Eve. It is the Eve before All Hallows' Day, yeah. All Saints' Day. Yeah, and so I think before we even get into the Christian aspect, let's tackle the pagan aspect of it. Because guess what, folks? Those of you who think that Halloween is of the devil because it has pagan influence, well, you better get ready to get rid of Christmas, which I think we'll have to talk about at some point um, as well. But there is pagan influence virtually in everything we celebrate. Easter, pagan influence. I mean, last time I checked, uh, Easter eggs and bunnies didn't represent resurrection. They represented fertility. fertility. Yeah, and uh, Yule logs and decking the halls with holly, pointy, sharp things that keep evil spirits away. And Christmas trees because they're evergreens, which... Do not die. They do not die, and they also protect the home from evil spirits, you know, which are howling out in the winter wind. Um, There's, you know, these things, first off, there were no evergreens of that nature in In Palestine, Palestine. Israel, you know. um, uh, Certainly, uh, they may have bunnies, I don't know. (laughs) But, Um, yeah. They might, because I know there are desert Hairs, yeah, yeah. So, um, but and if you if you you simply read scripture in the timeline, you know that Jesus, when the the shepherds herald his birth, shepherds would not have been out in, in the, the fields in the dead of winter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, you mean to tell me they conveniently changed the 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 observance of Jesus's birth? They did well. For all those new pagan converts. Oh, yes, yes. There are those who are worshiping the birth of the sun, S-U-N. Well, that's kind of similar to worshiping the birth of the sun, S-O-N. Hey, we'll blend them together. Yes. So that is every holiday we, we observe in Christianity has some sort of pagan influence. Now, uh... Easter is about the only one that falls at the same time it would have been celebrated throughout history, but that doesn't mean pagan influence didn't creep into it. So back to Halloween. Um, I, for eight years of my life, was Wiccan. Uh, Wiccans sometimes call themselves witches, though they don't like to because of the bad connotations. Negative connotations. Yeah, 
yeah, uh, just watch the witch movie and you'll you'll know why we don't like to. Well, we while why uh, Wiccans didn't like to call themselves witches, but but some will. So so a Wiccan is a witch and, and, and a Wiccan is somebody who uh, observes nature. And this is for Allison, who rightfully critiqued us the last time I mentioned the word Wiccan. I didn't explain what Wiccan is. It's not wicked. It's Wiccan. Uh, W-I-C-C-A-N. <clears throat> Todd is a wicked cool guy. Absolutely. But, but not a Wiccan. No longer a Wiccan. That's right. Um, so Wiccans are nature worshippers. And they see nature in both uh, female and uh, and male. They see the female and male aspects of nature, saying that, you know, uh, just as it takes a man and a woman to create a baby, it takes male and female energy to create life in general. And so to see God as an all-male deity uh, doesn't make any sense. And so they, they kind of base their, their observance of nature, um, on that. And they deify the male and the female aspects of nature. Now they recognize that it's really all one force that just created everything. But at the same time, they split it up between the male and the female energies. So you have the male God and the female goddess, the God, the God is represented by the sun, the the goddess is represented by the moon and you know they believe that you can send your energies out in a, in a sort of ritualized prayer that they call spell casting but it is ultimately a a form of ritualized prayer where you're sending your energies out to 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 make uh, needed changes um and wiccans tend to believe that you ought to harm none and if you harm none, do what you will. If it's not going to harm anything, go for it. So, so this idea that they're like you know rubbing baby fat on broomsticks and flying through the air is really ridiculous. ridiculous. Um, but it is a modern day religion, ultimately that has some tie-ins to um, pagan religions of the past. Pagan but they're they're very loose tie-ins if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Um, though you'll you'll read Wiccan books that try to claim that they've descended from you know witches of the past uh there's really no proof of that and in reality it started but with alistair crowley and um and and uh gerald gardner um and some of those people uh kind of invented this new religion based off of things that they believed about the pagan religion the neo-pagan the The neo-pagan right so the pagan holiday well why don't you why don't you jump into the pagan end of it, or do you want me to continue? Well, we can uh, we can both jump in. The pagan yeah. the pagan roots of Halloween they think come from the Celtic harvest festivals, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the Gaelic festival of I'm probably going to butcher this Samhain. Yeah, Samhain or Samhain. Samhain. Yep. Yep. Samhain, uh, which uh, is the festival that most people will say that was Christianized. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's where the idea of getting dressed up in costumes comes from sort of to, mm-hmm. uh, blend in or fool or to distract the spirits. And yeah. And what they believed, um, to, th- to, to tie this in, what they believed in, in pagan culture and in neo-pagan culture is that the, the threshold between the world of the living and the world of the dead was at its thinnest. It, it's that like at this point of the year, it's when everything starts to die. To die. October 31st. And that was the peak of the fall cycle. The trees were all losing their leaves. and Right. Yeah. And so the Christian church, as it kind of, um, you know, so you have the harvest, you have all this stuff that the pagans did. And remember, the pagans lived off the earth. So everything they the early Celtic pagans and any pagan really, they lived off the earth and any, any sort of thing that um, they did centered on the cycle of the year. It's like the cycle of the longest day and the shortest day, the cycle of the, uh, uh, the different points of, of uh, harvest of, you know, fertility of nurturing of harvest and of death. Um, Those are all built into the, the Celtic ethos the celtic uh um, theology uh for obvious reasons when you're when you're really dependent on your your crops growing life depends on (laughs) that's right you know so so yeah you know like one of the things that that 
pagans used to do is jump in the air and the higher they jumped would hopefully bring the crops to grow higher like and so you know like that idea of hopping on a broomstick flying on a broomstick came from these pagans that would just you know jump in the air and you know try to get their crops to grow uh to grow larger it it had nothing to do with babies and all of that stuff Hmm. anyway as christianity moved into these places like ireland uh gaul you know like uh germany and all these places england and scotland they the earliest christians didn't try to convert people entirely to a a different religion what they tried to do was to insert christ into the culture rather than to change the culture Hmm. so they were completely okay with the initially with the with the pagan culture existing and they just inserted Christ into it so so what because the pagans saw this harvest festival this harvest time of year as being the where the the worlds between life and death were at its thinnest at its closest uh they said well this is a good time to remember the saints that have passed you know, and and we can do that at the same time, and so you, what you have in Sa what Sawen now Sawen is the day right before Halloween or, ha- or ha- All Hallows Day, so Sawen becomes Halloween or the evening before All Hallows Day. All Hallows Eve. Yeah, All Hallows Eve. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so that's where the in the Christian tradition of celebrating the. Hollows, the saints, the, the, saints. Mar- the martyrs, and in general, uh, for us Protestants, so we don't since we don't necessarily venerate saints, right? Uh, we consider it All Saints Day, right? Because, because we're all saints. We're all saints. Yeah. Uh, all anyone who's gone before us is considered a saint. Yep. Yep. So really, so All Hallows Eve is a so kind of that idea of putting on the the costumes and celebrating the spirits and warding off the spirits and kind of was this idea that there's this connection to next tomorrow we're going to celebrate our dead yeah yeah so tonight we're going to celebrate and at you know bob for apples and bob for apples and celebrate and then tomorrow we're going to remember we're going to remember those solemnly. who came before us solemnly so it was a way of partying before the solemnity of the uh of of the next day Sort of like how Fat Tuesday has become a let's get all our partying out before we enter the season of Lent. Lent. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the the point of this is that Halloween has never been, up until recently, has never ever been considered the devil's holiday, <laughs> like ever. Mm-hmm. Like it was something that the earliest. Christians, well, the earliest Christians in ancient Rome, you know, or ancient um, Israel and and uh, and the Roman Empire, uh, may may or may not have celebrated something like this because this is this isn't just a Celtic thing. These types of festivals, just like Yule and uh, the Winter Solstice, these types of festivals existed in that world at that time. The Hebrews may not have may or may not have done this. But certainly as the Christians started to spread up into lands that did celebrate the harvest, um, they, they started to pick up some of those practices, but they inserted Christ into it. Christ into it. And it was merely a feast day of the early church. And so most feast days were preceded by or included vigils mm-hmm. uh, that were times to um, prepare for feast absolutely um yeah and so i think what we what we have here is uh, once again context being lost and modern day christian imaginations getting carried away and what was once a holy celebration has become known as a day of evil, evil. which now plays into the costumes we see. (laughs) We see, ironically, we're our our own worst enemies. We turn something evil and then people dress up like evil to commemorate the, (laughs) you know, if if we just didn't view things as certain things as evil, they might not actually show up as evil. I think, and that's part of, part of our, total depravity yeah. is that we we inherently insert evil into things that aren't necessarily evil right because they're outside of our worldview that's um, right that's right now certain things are evil yes. universally yeah. um but certain things are just you know 
need to be uh we need to sometimes step back and, and have a, a fresh look at something before we judge it one way or the other. Maybe we shouldn't judge things as evil. Anyway, if, if something seems not right to us, maybe we just refrain from doing it rather than pointing the finger and judging. And then there was a, and this is the time of year that articles come on Christian news magazine pages of uh, why it's important for Christians to engage horror movies and you know, it, well, it is because we need to examine what we fear mm-hmm. in life. We need to examine what we consider evil, mm-hmm. um, and really, a lot of those horror films are playing off the stigmas that we as Christians have given them. We created them. <laughs> we created them. <laughs> That's right. Don't like those satanic movies? Well, <laughs> Satan's kind of our baggage, right? <laughs> like in many ways. <laughs> Uh, especially the way Satan is played out in these films. I mean, yeah. that comes right out of the way we ha- like Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Or I mean, like traditions of the church and the Roman Catholic dogma that are by and far not biblical, but but boy, are they they make great movies. And so I, I think when when the church gets reactionary and says, "Well, that's evil," we just enforce the idea to non Christians. Though, well, yeah, so that's. When we could, you know, engage and explain, okay, well, here's how it's not biblical, mm-hmm. but here's okay, yeah, that's bad theology, that's bad dogma, but here's what's biblical. Absolutely. Now, in the in the, I want to say it's the 19th century, could have been the 18th, but definitely the 19th century in America, uh, Halloween was predominantly an adult celebration. Predominantly, like like kids got babysat, and adults dressed up and frolicked into the night. And I think where there became pushback to that is people saw that as as riotous and like and sinful, and so there started to become pushback that like this isn't something that adults should be doing, yeah. but we'll dress our little kitties up. <clears throat> if you look at the pictures of the turn of the twentieth century, that that's really when it became a family yeah holiday because you see, <laughs> you want some creepy horror pictures. Look at the old pictures of Halloween costumes. They were hoods and. Yeah, burlap sacks, and it was creepy. It was creepy, and and they turned it into a more family friendly holiday in this country, and where kids got you know they dressed up and tricked, and then got treats, you know, like so, so uh, it turned into a little kitty holiday. But it up until the twentieth century was not a little kitty holiday, and you can see that kind of, and that's another critique that you know, Christian church, you're you're kicking yourself in the butt. The critique now is it is returning to an adult an adult holiday. Yes, and so now the church's critique is, oh, all these. Well, every costume is a sexy nurse or a sexy doctor or a sexy policeman, and there's less costume and more skin. <laughs> because they even had a Stormy Daniels costume that they decided to pull, thankfully. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And what's another popular holiday uh, Halloween costume? Uh, Priest. Oh, priest. Yeah, priest. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's a priest. Everybody's on a priest on because it's funny to make fun of the church. Yeah. Well, if you knew the history, <laughs> you would. <laughs> exactly. And and so yeah. And 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 then there are the the Christians that still still will not embrace the holiday and and find ways of utilizing it as a tool to do missional outreach in the community. Um, one of the things we're doing at our church cell um, is we're starting up a young adult ministry, uh, and actually it spans from twenty, you know, twenties to to forty. We're, we're making a rather expansive young adult because I namely want to still see myself as a young adult. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're we're you know giving a big span there, but we're starting a young adult ministry, and the kickoff for it is going to be a Halloween themed party. Nice, yeah. Uh, the retirement community that I serve, we every year we do a Halloween costume contest. Yes, and residents and employees partake, and I, I partake every year. And one year I would dress up as Slash from Guns N' Roses. Yes, and, I can see you doing that. <laughs> uh, one year I dressed up in my kilt. Uh, last year I dressed up because it was the 500th anniversary of the Reformation on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I dressed up as Martin Luther, and oh, I, got, I was going to say John Wesley, but Martin never mind. Luther. Martin Luther, and I got third place. <laughs> John Wesley isn't 500 years old. No, no, no. 
but I, I got third place. I won a $25 gift certificate. Awesome. Um, this year, I'm thinking I'm going to be, you'll love this, Todd, Charlie the Chaplain. Ooh, Charlie the Chaplain. I like it. Yeah. Yes, you can like walk around with like little uh, dinner rolls on a, on forks <laughs> with a cane and a mustache. I think now we're gonna have to post a Charlie Chaplin clip. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna be. Uh, so here's a really cool Halloween costume story. Uh, in 2016, there was a, a Halloween. Uh, they were showing Halloween on Halloween at the Newton Theater. And there was a costume contest. So I didn't know what to dress up. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to take, I'll dress up as Freddy from Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And so we, I show up as Freddy with, uh, and I even went out and bought the Freddy sweater. And I went to this costume thing. We watched Halloween. It rocked because it's it's Halloween. And then uh, I got up there and I, I don't, I didn't get third, but I think I was like fourth. Um I was fourth place, I think. Uh, or maybe I did get third. I don't know. But I, I placed somewhere in there. Uh, and my costume was pretty rocking. But there we were walking around before we went to this theater, walking around with the kids to get some trick-or-treating in. And I take it. My, my wife's like, oh, you have to take a picture here. And I look up and it's a science says Elm Street. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So I'm there in my Freddy costume with the with the blades on the, the Elm Street uh, post. Uh, and, and, uh, and so they take this picture of, of me dressed like Freddy under the Elm Street sign. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, you know. four months later, I find out I'm moving to Elm Street. <laughs> that Elm Street. That Elm Street. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of funny how, um, how that, that played out. But, you know, it's fun. I don't know what I'm going to be this year. But that, that's a fun costume story. So. But that's, I think by and large... That's, uh, you know, kind of the gist of Halloween. It, I think with anything, Sal, it's safe to say something is only as evil as you make it. That's right. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes we can be our worst, own worst enemy. And I think we can learn a lot from the Celtic Christians is that um, just bring Christ into the culture. Yeah. Don't let the culture become you, but... Right. Let... Let Christ be in the culture. Right. Like, we can, yes, we can cross the line in Halloween and cross over from something that's wholesome fun to something that isn't. Uh, Dressing up like a zombie is not necessarily bad, uh, but we, you know, we do need to keep ourselves in check. Like, like, you know, showing a lot of skin and, and, and not representing Christ the right way uh, can can be a an unhealthy thing, but if you're just having fun, and you're dressing up like a, a monster, or you're dressing up like a nurse, or you're dressing up like a priest. God bless them. Um, you know, have a little fun, let loose. You know, it, it's not it's not real. It's make believe. It's fun. Uh, it gets you out in community. God, I mean, like Halloween out of any of the holidays gets you out in community. It gets you out there. Um, and, and the church ought to be embracing that, but also harnessing, harness, reining people in with it, you know, like, and harnessing it for, for the God's glory and God's, you know, kingdom. So, um, there are a lot of cool things you can do. One of the things we did, uh, my first year, last year, um, at this church, uh, we held on Halloween, though I don't think I would do it on Halloween again, but we held on Halloween, a showing of Nosferatu, the 1922 silent film. And we had uh, literally live organ playing to this. And we had like 30 adults, adults. We did it as a youth group thing. And instead of the youth who were out trick-or-treating, as they would be, uh, which is why I think it was a bad idea to do it on that night, um, but 30 plus adults came out to this dressed up in costume like eager to be out in community and to have a little fun mm-hmm. and so you know some people might gripe that we were showing a vampire movie in the sanctuary but you know what out of that came camaraderie and community and, and Christ because you know the, the whole story of Dracula is centered on good versus evil mm-hmm. Christian uh, Christian good versus the you know devilish evil and the fight against it 
So I, I think we can embrace it. I think we can have the best of both worlds, uh, but it takes a little know-how on the history and to understand that it is only as evil as we make it. Yeah. And this is how we show grace and community, Absolutely. by being present in it. Yeah. Um, they will know we are Christians by our fruit. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's a verse that should be added to that. Yeah. So what better way to show that than during a harvest festival? Amen. Yes, let's go bobbing for fruit. Bobbing. Sounds like fun. So um, it's, a, it's a cool time of year. It is a time of change and transition and harvest. And uh, I'm not looking forward to church in Warwick, New York next weekend. <laughs> Apple Fest. <laughs> Apple, Apple Fest is fun, but church will not be <laughs> because of the traffic. The insane traffic. The insane traffic. But it is a fun time of year. How long does Apple Fest last for? I think it's just the one. Just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in October, but Apple Fest is just the Sunday. Just that Sunday. Yeah. Of course. But the church should not lament that. It should harness it. And I think that church should, does. And it does. And yeah. so they purposely do church on Saturday so that Sunday they can focus on Apple Fest because it's their number one fundraiser. Oh, wow. So they're out in the community. They're out in the community. Awesome. So, well, I guess on that note, we could say uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Uh, a spooktacular <laughs> time this year. <laughs> I hope you have a howl of a good time. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a fun time, and we hope you enjoy it. Um you know, if you think that Halloween's too evil, find a way to lighten it up, make it less evil. Um, you know, Christ gives us the power to do that. Yes. Well, Christ is the Lord of our conscience, so enjoy it. Amen. And if you're really of that mind that you can't do it, then so be it. Then There's nothing wrong it. with that. Then don't do it. Yep. Just don't, you know, judge others who do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess as the, the Reverend Chap- Chaplain uh, Sal always says. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, on that note, on that note, party on. Party on. Rock on, Sal. Excellent. 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 Oh!